Welcome to another Macquarie Life Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. Well, how is everyone tonight? So nice to see you. Thank you for that wonderful introduction. It's so good to be here and I don't take it lightly. I, um, I really do think it's an honour to be here and um, thank you to the creative team. Did fantastic. Let's thank these guys. Led some beautiful worship tonight. I've been in the Newcastle in the city for 10 years. Before that, I was 16 years down at our Hillsong Hills campus um, with Hillsong Church. Started there in 1997. And so been in our church for, I think, what's that, 26 years? 20-something years? Something like that. And um, I've always loved Newcastle. Grew up in Newcastle. Grew up in Shortland, of all places. Grew up out at Shorty next to Tuxford Park, down there where the Shortland wetlands are. Well, they used to be a dump when I was there, and then they changed to a wetlands, and now they're a golf course, and who knows what they'll be next, but it changes all the time. But it's so good to be with you, and I did want to thank your pastors. I want to thank Roz and Mark and obviously the exec team for inviting me to come, because we share a city. We share a city, and we want to reach the city. We want to reach this city with the gospel of Jesus. We want to reach it with his power. And um, I've always loved the churches in Newcastle. We've always had such a great unity. I've been in this church many, many times. I've been in it with Youth Alive. I've been in the facilities downstairs. I've been up here when we've had rallies. I've been in it when we've had ACC meetings. But I just want to say how nice it is to be in here on a Sunday sharing it with you, the church, which is so nice to be here with you. My wife is at our church tonight, Hillsong in Newcastle. And uh, I have three beautiful children. I have my eldest, Jaya, who is doing her HSC this year, right now. Any HSC students here? Any? Yes, a few of you. Why are you not studying for biology tomorrow? But uh, that's okay. You're in the right place. And she's 17 years old. And I have my boy, Taj, and he's uh, 15 years old. And he's a mad surfer. He loves surfing. He will surf two or three times a day, any time that he can. And then I have my little daughter, Aria. And she's eight years old. And she's just like a mum. I mean, she's got a mum's smile, a mum's ears, a mum's nose, a mum's eyes, and my last name. It's a great combination. And uh, so it's good. And uh, are you ready for the word tonight? Okay. Well, tonight, it's a special night. As uh, Nate said, we're talking about the Holy Spirit. And, um, and I love talking about the Holy Spirit. I, everywhere I go um, in recent times, people have been asking, can you speak on the Holy Spirit? And I've been loving it because the Holy Spirit desires to meet with us more than we actually desire to meet with Him. He wants, he, he wants to meet with us more. He, uh, and not just at a meeting, not just at a service, but every day in our lives. You know, I want to read this scripture it's in Ezekiel chapter 47, if you've got your Bibles, in verse 5. Um, starting in the message version, it says, Ezekiel sees water pouring out from under the temple, and it gushes out and becomes a river. Someone say a river. It becomes a river that is first ankle deep, then knee deep, then waist deep, then eventually it was a river over my head, water to swim in that no one could possibly walk through. Ezekiel is seeing a vision. 
And he's seeing a vision of this river that is pouring out from the temple, the holy place of God, and the river is rising. The river is getting deeper and deeper. And in the book of Revelation, John actually talks about this river. In Revelation 22, he starts talking about this river is the river of the Holy Spirit that flows from the throne of God. So I want to look a little bit more at this river. So I'm going to read from Ezekiel 47, and then we're just going to pull a couple of things out that Ezekiel was seeing here. So if you look down to verse... It says, he said to me, the water flows towards the eastern region and goes down to the Arabah where it enters the Dead Sea. When it empties into the sea, the salt water there becomes fresh. Someone say fresh. Swarms of living creatures will live wherever the river flows. There will be large numbers of fish because this water flows there and makes the salt water fresh. Someone say fresh. So wherever the river flows... Everything will live. Go down to verse 12 and it says, Fruit trees from all kinds will grow on both banks of the river. Their leaves will not wither nor their fruit fail. Every month they will bear fruit because the water from the sanctuary flows to them and the fruit will serve for food and their leaves for healing. What a beautiful passage that we read about the river. This river that Ezekiel is seeing, it's a river. Everything about this river points to life. It points to what is flourishing. It points to growth. It points to healing. Everywhere the river flows, it was fresh, the Bible says. You ever been swimming in a river? Anyone here ever been in a river? Well, tonight the title of my message is Go Deeper in the Holy Spirit. Okay? It's pretty simple. Go deeper in the Holy Spirit. You know, when you think about rivers, rivers can be quite gentle or rivers can be quite powerful, can't they? When you've seen a river. You know, um, my dad, when we were growing up, he would take us camping. Any school holidays we get, he'd love to take us camping. And we'd always go where there was a river or where there was a lake or where there was beaches. Wherever there was a body of water, he would take us there. And my dad, he was, a, he was an avid runner. He loved to run. He was in a running group. He actually ran the city to surf 26 times. He loves running. I mean, he's old now. He's about to celebrate his 80th birthday. But, but, but when we were growing up, we would go to rivers and we would run up the banks. And, 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 and I mean, he, he loved running so much, he did this marathon. He got third place in the marathon. So you know what he did like any dad would? He blew up that photo with him wearing the bronze medallion to a life-size portrait and hung it above the entrance of our house. And then at the bottom, he wrote a plaque that said, Our Hero. Just like every dad should do. And, you know, he went down to the Franklin River one time with this running group. And they went down to the Franklin River in Tasmania. And he was going to do whitewater rafting down the mountains in the river. Well, the only thing is, is it rained for three weeks leading up to that trip to the mountains in Tasmania. And my dad said when he arrived there on the top of the mountain, you know, the river, it, it, it's, it's quite mild. 
But he said, as we were going down, because of the rain, the river was rising and it rose three to five meters. And he said, what was gentle and mild soon became quite powerful and wild. And you know, when you think about that imagery of the river, that's what we're seeing in the picture of Ezekiel here. We're seeing a river that is rising. A river that is not slowing down, a river that is not stagnant, a river that is not dead, but it's a river that is rising. And when you think about it, this river rising, when you look at Scripture, many times in Scripture when the Bible talks about rivers or water, it's usually a metaphor for the Holy Spirit. You think about Isaiah 43, uh, 44 verse 3, it says, For I will pour out water on this thirsty land and streams on the dry ground. I will pour out my spirit on your offspring. You see, Jesus promises that the promise of Ezekiel River is that it would not be fulfilled in a place, but rather it would be fulfilled in a person. He promised of Ezekiel's river that it would not be fulfilled in a place, but rather in a person. And referring to himself in John chapter 7, verse 38, he said, Whoever believes in me, as Scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. And by this he meant the Spirit. Can I say to you tonight, church, God wants us to go deeper into the Holy Spirit. And tonight I want to look at this river. And I want to look at the source of the river. I want to look at the course of the river. And I want to look at the force of the Come on, that's good Pentecostal preaching right there. That's old school rhyming stuff right there. That's good stuff. So let's look at this. Let's look at this. Number one, are you ready? ready? The source of the river. Now a river, naturally speaking, is an outpouring of water from a mountaintop. But supernaturally speaking, a river is an outpouring of the Spirit from the throne of God. I was in Guatemala about a year and a half ago. I went over there with some of our Hillsong team. Phil Dooley um, is our new senior pastor. And we went over there with Phil and there was a few of us that went. And Cash Luna was running his conference. And, um, and if you know Cash Luna, Cash Luna loves the Holy Spirit. Well, we went into Guatemala, and, 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 and you've got to understand, Casas Church, it seats 22,000 people. It seats 22,000 people. So it is this ginormous building, and it's full of people. And on the opening night, the Holy Spirit starts moving. And I'm talking about Acts chapter 2 stuff is happening. I'm talking about there was an outpouring. There's people speaking in tongues. There's people laughing. There's people crying. There's people falling. There's people on the floor. It was all happening. And, and, and in the midst of this, we're in the, the midst of what was happening. It was seriously incredible. Well, on about the third night, Cash invites a prophet to come and, and just take the night and just prophesy over people and move in the Holy Spirit. Now, we didn't know this. We're just sitting down here on the rows and we didn't know there was a prophet coming because Cash didn't tell anyone. And I'm down here sitting in the front row down here where Nate's sort of sitting and, and I'm sitting there and, 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 you know, and we have that, you know, in church how you sometimes have like a minute mingle, like where you, everyone turns around and says hi to everyone, that sort of thing. Well, that was that moment that was happening in the service. And during that moment, a gentleman comes in with his wife and sits down right next to me. 
Now, I didn't know who he was, and obviously I'm in Guatemala, and he's Guatemalan, and, and so I turned to him, and, and let me tell you, my Spanish is, is, is not that advanced. My, my Spanish is probably at the level of Dora the Explorer. You know what I'm saying? So I turn to him, and I say, hola, my best Spanish greeting. He turns back to me. Now, I don't know this at the time, but this guy is the prophet that's about to get up and do what he does. He turns to me, starts speaking in Spanish. I don't know what he's saying. So I look for my friend, Brian Campos, who's over with me, one of our pastors. I said, Brian, he speaks Spanish. I said, Brian, what's this gentleman saying? I, I don't know. And so Brian starts to listen. And then Brian starts getting tears in his eyes. And I said, what's he saying? He says, he says, well, he says you have three children. He says you have two girls and you have one boy. And he says, but wait, he says, you actually have three boys. And he said, two of them are with the angels right now. And he said, they're all teenagers. When he says this, I'm like, hang on, because you've got to understand the journey of Keddie and I, my wife. You see, well, I told you about our three beautiful kids, but what I didn't tell you was on that journey in that mix, we had two other wonderful children as well. We had Noah who died at birth. And then we had Taj the year after him. And then the year after Taj, we had Zach. And Zach lived for three months and then died. And let me tell you, you know, anyone that's been through that journey with kids, you know, there is nothing harder than seeing your wife fall pregnant nine months, going to a hospital, having a baby, and then driving home with no baby. It's hard. And for me, after Zach, I was quite broken after that moment, and um, for, for a good year or two, I was, I, I was broken, I would say that, and so when this prophet turns and says, you actually have three boys, and they're all teenagers, and two of them are with the angels, my boy Taj, he's 15, if Noah was alive, he'd be 14, Zach would be 16, and this prophet is saying all of these things, at that moment, I'm a mess. I'm, I'm just bawling my eyes out. I got tears coming. Every, I'm ugly crying. You know, ugly cry. I'm like, it's, it's all over. I, I'm, and then Brian taps me on the shoulder and says, he wants to know if he can continue. I turned to him and I said, no. I said, no. Because people, it's the minute mingle. We haven't even gotten into it yet. It's the minute. I'm like, no. But, but you see, I tell you that story to say this. How would he know? How would he know the most intimate details of my life? How would he know some of the hardest journeys and some of the lowest places and the highest victories that I've gone through in my life? Because after that, he actually got me up and started to continue when he started the meeting prophesying. And he told me things that only I would know. These are things that are not on Facebook. These are things that are not on Instagram. How would he know? I'll tell you how he knew. The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit knows you. The Holy Spirit knows your journey. The Holy Spirit knows your challenge. The Holy Spirit knows your circumstance. And the Holy Spirit has a way through. And you see, so in this play, well, one thing we've got to understand, the source of the Holy Spirit, you've got to understand that the Holy Spirit is first of all God. He is God. 
You see, we're brought up to believe that somehow the Holy Spirit is like a minor member of the Godhead. But here, you know, oh, there's God the Father, there's God the Son, and then there's the Holy Spirit. He's like that cousin that a little bit everyone don't know. He's too, you know, is he all there? We're not sure. You know, we're sort of like, well, then there's the... But no, you've got to understand the Holy Spirit is God. He's no less God than the Father. He's no less God than the Son. In fact, His Lordship is equal to Jesus. His Lordship is equal to the Father. You see, 2 Corinthians 3 verse 17 says, Now the Lord is the Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. You see, one thing about the Holy Spirit is He does not take the place of Jesus. No, but He helps us live for Jesus. He helps us glorify Jesus in our lives. In fact, Jesus said in John 16 verse 13, He said, when He comes, the Spirit of truth. When He comes. When He comes. When He comes. Not when it comes. But when He comes. Because the Holy Spirit is a person. The Holy Spirit, He's not an it. He's not a midst. He's not an influence. He's not a substance. He's not a goosebump. He's not a something. No, he's a someone. He's a person. You see, when we see the Holy Spirit as a power, we want to use him. But when you see the Holy Spirit as a person, you want him to use you. Because the Holy Spirit, he's a person, not a power. Ezekiel said in verse 5, the water had risen and it was enough to swim in. It had risen and it was enough to swim in. You know, I've been giving my daughter lessons for swimming for years now, Aria. And I think the hardest point when it comes to swimming is for anyone, the, the, the most fearful point of swimming is when your feet cannot touch the bottom. I think that's when anyone who is learning to swim, that's when fear sets in. When your feet cannot touch the bottom. Now, my little girl, she, she, she would come. And I remember when she was just starting, she would only go into you know, where the water would touch her feet, and touch her toes. But then you'd show she'd come back to the lesson and then she'd go up to her knees and, and then to her waist. And, and then she'd come back and she'd slowly go a little bit deeper. And then eventually she got to the point where she would just jump into the deep end of the pool and wouldn't care. She couldn't wait to jump in. Well, I think the, when it comes to us and the Holy Spirit, we're a little bit similar. I think we sometimes have a fear of the Holy Spirit because we don't know. There's a little bit of fear of like, oh, I'm not sure. And so what we do is that fear can sometimes hold us back. But can I say to you tonight, if you would just go in ankle deep, if you would just go in knee deep tonight, if you just go in waist deep, if you just go in a little bit deeper, pretty soon you'll be immersed in His presence. You'll be immersed in His power. Can I say to you tonight, don't stay in the shallows of the Holy Spirit, but go deeper with Him. You know, my son, he loves the Holy Spirit. Taj, he's 15. He loves surfing and he loves the Holy Spirit. And, and, and when we are having a night like this where we say, hey, we're having an open heaven night. It's a Holy Spirit night. He loves it. He gets on his phone. He brings, people, brings his friends. He was telling Ryder, one of his mates, 
He was around at his house. He said, Righty, you've got to come to church. You've got to come. And he was talking about this night that was coming. You've got to be there. He said, you should see what happens. The Holy Spirit come. He said, power hits people. He said, people start laughing. People start falling. People start crying. He said, you should see. It's like electricity. He said, you've got to come. And well, well, Ryder's mum was listening. She was doing the dishes. And she turned around to Taj and she said, Taj, that's people on drugs. That's what happens when people get on drugs. They're all drugged up. That's what that is. They're on drugs. And then Taz looks back and he turns to her and he says, no, no, no. He says, you don't understand. He said, it's happened to me. And then she turned around to Taj and she said, Taj, you stay off them drugs. (laughs) But can I tell you tonight, the Holy Spirit is mightier than any drug. The Holy Spirit is greater than any intoxication. The Holy Spirit is mightier than any feeling, any rush, any adrenaline. When you know the Holy Spirit. So the source of the river. I want to talk about the the course of the river. Now the course. The the, the Bible says wherever the river flows, it is fresh. Wherever. Wherever. There's the word. Wherever the river flows. Because watch this. This is the pathway of the river. The course of the river is the pathway. It is the place of origin to its destination. Watch this, the pathway. The course of a river is always winding. Did you know that? The course of a river is always winding. It's never a straight path. It's always winding. Why? Because a river is unpredictable. You see, here's the thing. Can I tell you when it comes to the Holy Spirit, how he moves can be unpredictable. You see, the Holy Spirit won't always move how you want Him to move. The Holy Spirit won't always lead how you want to be led. And the Holy Spirit won't always fill how you want to be filled. Because you've got to understand something. Your God is unpredictable. You can't box Him. You can't control Him. You can't contain Him. You can't make Him. No, He's unpredictable. And the Holy Spirit is always moving in unpredictable ways. But you know what our problem is? We want it predictable. We want to know everything first. And then we'll let the Holy Spirit move. We want to know it all. But that's not how kingdom works. You see... Think about this. A baby doesn't learn to walk by reading a manual. You don't give a baby a book and say, now learn this first and then you can walk. You don't do that. You don't give the baby a book and say, now learn that first and then you go, no. A baby learns to walk by experience. Can I tell you? You will learn more about the Holy Spirit simply by experiencing Him in your life. You think about the disciples in the upper room. You think about those disciples when they were waiting on the Holy Spirit. They did not know what He would be like. They did not know what to expect. And they did not know how He would reveal Himself. No, they just experienced Him. That's all the disciples could do. Experience the Holy Spirit. And we read about it in Acts chapter 2. Can I say something tonight? The Holy Spirit doesn't come because of a song. The Holy Spirit doesn't come because of a sermon. And the Holy Spirit doesn't come because of a service. 
And the Holy Spirit doesn't come because of a speaker. No, the Holy Spirit comes because Jesus promised he would. (laughs) The Bible says in John 16 verse 7, I will send him, Jesus said. I was in Melbourne preaching um, down in a church down there and and as I started to minister, the Holy Spirit turned up. And like what it says in Acts chapter 2, things were happening. Some people looked a little bit drunk and were stumbling. And some people were falling. Some people were laughing. Some were crying. And, and others were speaking in tongues. It was just started happening. I could see this couple up the back. And they were sitting right up on the back row. And I could see them doing this. I could see them looking at each other. And then I could see them looking around. And then they'd look back at each other. And then they'd look around like, what's going on here? This is something. And I I just kept sort of ministering and moving around. And then a couple of minutes later, I look up and I could see, and I could see the gentleman. He's like looking down and then he's looking around and he's looking down. And I move over and his wife is on the floor laughing under the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, I don't know about you, but my Bible says in his presence is the fullness of joy. And so he, she's down there love, and he's looking at her and he's looking around. And I could see this was probably unfamiliar for them. And then at the end of the night, we were talking about Jesus and accepting Jesus into your heart and God's plan for your life. And did you know what? Those two hands from that couple were the first hands that went up, asked Jesus to come into their life. Well, they come up to me at the end of the night. And it turns out they'd never been to church before. They weren't Christians, but they saw the crowd going into the service and they came along. And I love that because the Bible says in Joel chapter 2, verse 28, and afterward, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. The Bible doesn't say on all Christians. No, it says on all flesh because the Holy Spirit, he's no respecter of persons. I love that. You know, we might not always understand the course of the Holy Spirit, how he moves, who he fills, what he does. But you know what? One thing we know is the Holy Spirit, he is for you. He will strengthen you. He will lead you. He will guide you. He's an advocate for you and he is with you. So the source of the river, the course of the river. And now I want to talk about the force of the river. Now, I'm not uh, calling the Holy Spirit a force because he's not a force. He's a person. But when I'm referring to the force of the Holy Spirit, I'm talking about the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm talking about his power. Micah 3 verse 8, the prophet Micah said, But truly, I am full of the power of the Holy Spirit. In Acts 1.8, it says, You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Psalm 77 says, The Lord does mighty miracles and His power fills us through His Spirit. You see, can I say this to you tonight? His presence is different from His power. His presence is different from His power. And I'll get the worship team to come. Watch this. His presence is something that is tangible in our lives. You see, His presence comes when we're in worship. How many people tonight in worship, you sense the presence of the Holy Spirit? Come on, give me a wave. You genuinely did. I know I did. His presence comes in worship. His presence comes when you read your Bible. 
And you can sense his presence bringing the word to life and scripture comes alive and jumps out right into your circumstance, right into your situation. His presence comes when you pray, when you spend time praying and meditating and seeking God. His presence comes when you seek him. His presence comes when you're in the car and you're driving and you turn your worship music on, you turn your car into a cathedral. And his presence fills the car. How many of you know his presence comes? But his presence is different from his power. You see, his power is what heals the sick. His power is what brings deliverance from the demonic forces. His power is what can restore a marriage. His power is what can mend a broken heart. His power is what can bring a miracle of provision in a moment. His power is what can remove stress and bring peace. His power is what can break addictions. His power is what can remove the hold of insecurities. That's the power of the Holy Spirit when he comes. See, but the question is, well, how do we live in the power of the Holy Spirit? Well, the Bible teaches us. You see, the Holy Spirit, He's always moving. He's always moving. He's always moving. But you know what He teaches us to do? He says, you be still. Be still. Be still. He's always moving. But He says, you be still. Psalm 48 verse 10, be still and know that I am God. Zechariah 2.13, be still before the Lord. Exodus 14 verse 14, the Lord will fight for you while you just keep still. There's something about stillness that brings the power of God. It's almost like God wants to get us to a point of surrender. He wants to get us to a point where we learn to yield where we learn to surrender. Worship does that. Waiting on God does that. Where you learn to be still and you wait on Him. And as you learn that, His power comes. His manifestation comes. His power comes when we learn to be still. I was up in our uh, Brisbane campus speaking at our church up there, our Brisbane location, And um, this was months ago. And after that, I went to what was, um, it's like we we call it a a foundation retreat. And it's for people who, um, you know, that are leaders across our church. And they come and and, and they were at that, this big foundation gathering that we had. And there was a a testimony on the screens and it was of a young girl. and, And she was telling her story. And um, her story was about, um, you know, life-threatening situations. She talked about self-harming. She talked about abusive behavior. She talked about addiction. She talked about how she got to a lowest point and was ready to end. And she talked about how she got to that point, but how she came to a church one night. And she said, God got a hold of her life, started to do something. Then she said, I started to come back and sit under the Word of God. She talked about how change started to happen in her life and now she's in a connect group. Now she serves um, on the doors as one of our hosts and greeters and she's talking about her involvement. It was just such a beautiful story of redemption. Well, I'm at this retreat and we were having the morning tea and she comes out, she says, Sanger, she said, I need to tell you something. And I said to her, I said, what a beautiful story. I said, that was amazing. She says, no, you don't understand. She said, I need to tell you what, what happened. 
And I said, what? She said, the night that I came to church, she said, was the night that you were talking about the Holy Spirit. And she said, when you started to minister, again, the Holy Spirit came and things just started to happen. Holy Spirit started to move. She said, I was standing up and she said, I had my eyes closed. And then she said, I felt like electricity went through me. She said, all of a sudden I was on the floor. And she said, I was laughing. And she said, I didn't even know what I was laughing about. She said, I just couldn't stop laughing. She said, it was like a joy started to come on me. And she said, I got up off the floor that night. And she said, this is what she said. She she said, I went home and I felt lighter. That's what she said. She said, I felt lighter. I said, really? She said, yeah. Then she said, the next day, Monday, I went to my workplace. And she said, you've got to understand something. I've worked in this place for 10 years. But she said, when I went into that workplace, she said, four out of the seven staff that I work with commented and said, there's something different about you. Something's changed in you. Your personality, your persona, your countenance, they're saying something's changed. And then they started asking her, where did she go? What did she do? What happened? And then she just started to tell her. She said, I went to church. And she knew that something had radically changed in her. So much so, she made a doctor's appointment that afternoon. Went to the doctor, sat in his office. She said, look, she said, I don't know how to tell you this. Said this to the doctor, but I think the Holy Spirit has healed me. The doctor, praise God, he was a Christian doctor. Because I don't know how that would go in a normal medical office. But he understood and he said, well, look, he said, I can see you, you look different. And he said, let's do some tests. And they did tests over the next two weeks. And she said, after that two weeks, she said, I was off every medication. I was no longer um, required to go on any sort of pills or medication after that. I was declared completely whole and healed. Can I tell you, that's because of the power of the Holy Spirit. That is the power of Jesus at work with his Holy Spirit in our lives. That's the power. You see, people often have asked me questions. Well, what's the point of laughing in a meeting when the Holy Spirit moves and things start happening? They say, what's the point of the laughing? What's the point of falling? What's the point of all of that that happens? Well, here's what I've seen that's happened. When these manifestations of His Spirit happens in people's lives, and some manifestations are external, some manifestations are internal. You don't know what the Holy Spirit is doing in someone's life. But what I know is when it happens, firstly, I say it's a moment of encounter because they are having a genuine encounter with the Holy Spirit. The second thing that I say is it's a moment of surrender because you don't know what that person is surrendering. You don't know what that person is laying down in their life and meeting with God about. And the third thing is it's a moment of transformation because the fruit is what comes after the filling. You see, you can't have the filling of the Spirit without the fruit of the Spirit. And you can't have the fruit of the Spirit without the filling of the Spirit. Because after that moment, I've seen real change happen in people's lives. And I've seen it time and time again, where people who have been addicted, people who have been bound in unforgiveness, bitterness, resentment, jealousy, who have left completely free and completely in their right mind. I've seen miracle after miracle, healing after healing. Why? Because it's just the power of the Holy Spirit. We read about it in the Bible, but I want to tell you, He wants to do it in our lives. That's who He is. And you see, you have to learn to be still. You have to learn 
to quieten yourself, to sometimes remove the distractions. So often we have different distractions, um, distractions that yeah, we get too busy. We don't know how to wait on the Lord. We know how to pray, bring our prayers and requests, but we don't know how to be still. We don't know how to wait and allow Him just to come. And that's what we're going to do tonight. We're simply going to take time and allow Him to come. And you know what I find is that there is a place where you go when the Holy Spirit comes. And sometimes for me, I turn off my phone at home. Sometimes I turn off the music. Sometimes I shut the door and I, and I, because I don't want distractions. And I just wait. And His presence comes. And His power comes. And let me say this, it is, it is not your prayers. It's not your ability. It's not your knowledge. It's not your willingness. It's your surrender. It's your surrender. When you learn to surrender to the Holy Spirit, that's when He comes. And there's a place where He will take you where you will not want to speak. You will not want to talk. You don't want to ask. You don't want to bring a request. No, you just want to receive because you're in awe of His power that fills that place. And can I tell you, the Holy Spirit, He wants to fill people tonight. He wants to fill you again. And He wants to fill you again. Acts chapter 2, the disciples, they were filled with the Spirit. Acts chapter 4, they were filled again. Acts chapter 4 in the later verse, then they were filled again. Acts chapter 7, they were filled. Acts chapter 10, the disciples were filled again. You know, people say to me, yeah, I'm full of the Spirit. I'm filled. But my question is, are you being filled again? Are you being filled again? Paul said, do not, he said, do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. He said, be filled with the Spirit. Be filled. That word, be filled, it's a constant in the Greek. And it literally means a continuous experience. Are you being filled again? with a continuous experience. Thank you for listening. We hope you have enjoyed this message. For more information, please visit macroylifechurch.com.au.